the good, the bad, the ugly. Welcome to Sustain Nutrition's podcast, Chewing the Fat, where Joe and James will be discussing all things good, bad and ugly regarding training and nutrition. So pull up your pants, put your best foot forward and get ready for some serious oral pleasure. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Joe and James. Oh, action. Joe, what are we chewing about today? (laughs) So... Let me see if I can get everyone on. Quick. So, we are talking about, I suppose, the pros and cons of fat, fat, no, fast, fat loss, weight loss, whatever you call it, versus slow weight loss. It's that whole kind of tortoise in the hair analogy. Is slow weight loss more sustainable? Is fat loss fast? God, I can't speak. Fast, fat loss a better option, what are the pros and cons, as always, it depends. Thank you. End of the call. Very good. Thanks for that, James. Concise <laughs> as always. I think the, the thing for me then is everyone's fat loss is slow. No one has ever in the yeah. history of weight loss or in my experience of weight loss, which is extensive, said, I'm really pleased with my speed of fat loss. I've probably had no one say that. Is everyone have to slow always- down. Everyone can say that in hindsight. Yeah, no one has ever said, I'm losing weight too quickly. No, I'm really worried about my speed of progress. Is everyone's losing weight slowly. And one of the key tools that I like to use with people when they have emotions that are unpleasant, so whether that be frustration, upset, anger, is this level of acceptance is there's things you can do to lose weight faster you're not willing to do those and you have to accept the speed of weight loss that you're on. And ultimately, whatever's going on, whether you are putting in absolutely every bit of effort you possibly could, note, I've never seen anyone do that because that's not what sustain is all about. Or you're just putting in, you know, 80% effort or 90% effort, whatever you deem that percentage to be, is that you will expect more and you just have to accept that there is someone else out there. I said this to a lady today, there's someone else out there who's your age, your weight, your height, your gender, your activity level. They are nearly your doppelganger in all sense of the word, and they are losing weight faster than you. But there's probably someone else out there who is exactly the same and losing weight slower than you. You don't know this. You don't know who they are. It's all relative. And everyone always goes, I'm not losing weight as fast as the other people in the group. There are 7,200 people in our free support group. And if they were all losing weight faster than you are, we would have more than 7,200 people in that group. It's just not how it works. It's just this expectation that is founded on nothing, that people just pulled out of the air. Someone in the group lost 17 pounds in four weeks, and that makes me feel crap about my results. Well, that is to do with you. That is your interpretation. That's your expectation. That is how you are perceiving this situation. And you can take other people's results to motivate and inspire you, or you can take them to bring you down. And then it's making sure that you approach these situations with the right thought process. So that is my three-minute rant on slow fat loss. Back to you, James. Yeah, I, I totally agree, Joe. You'd be shocked to no, you would oh. not be shocked. It's no, but it is because it's people's interpretation of what is fast and slow weight loss. Because I appreciate, and I'm sure you 
back me up on this one. Sometimes you get people who just go, I've only lost two and a half pounds this week. I know my weight loss is slow. Like, what are you talking about? That's like eight stone a year. Would you get to the end of 12 months and go, I've lost eight stone this year. People go, what have you been doing? It's a bit slow, isn't it? It's slow weight loss. Like, that's life-changing weight loss. No matter what weight you start at, the dog's barking. Um, so, yeah, first of all, again, it's what are you comparing your slow weight loss to? Is it just some fictitious number that you've plucked out of the air, let's say? That's probably a better turn of phrase than I'd normally pull. Pull out of my ass. <laughs> so, um, you know, because, again, you know, when we go back to goal setting and people like, I want to lose. So, you know, we set get our clients to set a 28-day smart goal. I want to lose 10 pounds. Uh, and then you're like, yeah, like that's a huge amount of weight to lose. I'm not saying it's not possible. But what would you be happy with? Because for me, I'd be more than happy to lose three pounds, four pounds in a month. And people set these lofty goals. And, you know, again, the conversation isn't like, I don't want you to lose six pounds, which is a huge result, and be disappointed because you didn't lose 10 pounds, which was, you know, a crazy amount. So, again, gauging that what is fast and slow progress, again, like you said, unless you have an absolute doppelganger, you know, to, to gauge that against, then it's nearly impossible to go, right, well, I would expect to lose two pounds because that's the industry average. And yeah, I suppose that, that, that kind of like the expectations there, like what pressure are you putting on yourself to, to lose this amount of weight? And again, it's that perceived effort, like you mentioned, to the reward part. And I suppose that's what we're going to touch on more with the, the, the fast weight loss as well. But yeah, it's what are you basing, whether it's fast or slow on, obviously is going to be the first question because if people think losing two pounds, three pounds per week is slow, what the hell do you think is fast? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lady on this call which narrows it down to seven, eight people who lost five pounds on a, on, in her first week and said, I'd have been happy with seven. And uh, <laughs> it's just what you hear. Yeah, and this is the, and we smile about it, but that's just what people come in with these expectations and it's, and it's about challenging those. And I think the whole process that we have, that we endorse, is about picking up the thoughts that you have and analysing them and putting them under the microscope and challenging them is that the way that you'll be successful with this is if you keep going. The long and short of it, whether you want fast weight loss, slow weight loss, whether you want to change for life or you want to change for, you know, 28-day fat loss challenge, is that you have to just look at the thoughts that are going in your head and assess them and keep going. You know, actually, if it's a 28-day fat loss challenge, that's the exception to the rule. If your goal is just to lose weight by the end of that challenge, you don't care afterwards. And when we talk about fast fat loss, that is kind of the, the exception rather than the rule. Most people join a company like Sustained Nutrition because they want to change their habits. They want to have a sustainable battle plan going forwards. And so you have to then accept that is a slower process because there's not an end date. It's going to go on forever. You know, if you look at doing a three-month plan and you're expecting to live for 40 more years, then that is one 160th, if you look at that as a fraction, you know, big maths for James. So less than half a percent over three months. So it doesn't really matter. Like, not that it doesn't matter what you do over these three months, but it's literally one step in regards to your journey. And so you have to be willing to be in this stuff for the long haul. You know, my, one of my favorite analogies, fat loss is an allotment, not a, not a work of art that you hang on the wall. If you want your allotments to look nice, you've got to be willing to put the work in consistently. One of the you've, got reasons, to trim, you've got to trim your bush once in a while. 
Absolutely, you've got to you've got to be a uh, be tip top on your bush up keep. You know that, James. And if you don't, then you know, then your bush isn't going to look very good most of the year. So anyway, I'll move on from that. Otherwise, we're going <laughs> to go down a bit of a rabbit hole with this. It's about making sure that you keep things in relative perspective all the time. If you think, you know, we have people when they first start and they're going, you know, what's a what's a realistic portion of baked beans? I don't know. It's probably not what got you fat though. So let's not worry about it. So then the other side of things where people are into their six months of coaching saying, you know, I'm really happy with my progress. I've lost eight pounds. Like, well, actually you lost eight pounds in the first two months and you've plateaued for four months. So, you know, you then have to be realistic and also be willing to, to take on ultimately criticism. You know, how are you going to react to that criticism? And I think that it's very, very hard. And it's about weighing up all of these factors when it comes to your goals in order to be successful is that it is very, very difficult to, to have that balance of everything. And it's the attitude that you bring to this ultimately, you know, and if you come in with the attitude that nothing is good enough, then you're going to quit. And then you'll probably come back in six months, you know, and that's just how it's going to be. And, you know, you do see that quite a lot where people make a start or they have done a seven-day fat loss challenge in 2017 and they're working again with us now. You know, you're four years further down the line because you've just not applied yourself consistently. And so we need to ask ourselves those difficult questions, whether you're brand new to the system or you've worked with us a few times, what's not worked? And that's what I really like about when you work with people who've worked with us for a period of time, had good success, gone away and come back is you can then unpick what's happened. You can go, right, what bits have stuck and what bits haven't? And then we can work and then we can make sure that we are being successful longer term because you keep learning more all the time. For anyone that is working with me at the moment, I put something up recently saying, this is the... <coughs> the dog, the dog's right. Interesting point. Absolutely. <laughs> he, was, uh, he was saying, I need to eat less chocolate. So I've been having chocolate once a fortnight. So in the last 12 weeks, I've had it six times. I've not got it right once. And that's off the back of two years of moderating my pocket. You, know, you just have to accept there's going to be lots of failures and this process will not be as quick as you want. Is that when those expectations are let down, people then give in and end up coming back later on. You just have to look at everything as a chance to learn. There's no such thing as failing. You know, when people say I'm all or nothing or, you know, I'm a, I'm a perfectionist, name one thing that you've done perfectly. There's nothing, there's absolutely nothing that you've done perfectly that's lasted beyond about five minutes because there's always bumps in the road. There's always things that don't go your way. And it's just then about assessing those thoughts and how realistic they are. Where do they come from? You know, is this something that you've got from your parents or that you've just picked up? You don't necessarily know, but it's about changing those thoughts to make sure they're conducive to long-term success. I think that's a, a very good point, Joe, that, that whole kind of idea of perfection with people like, I'm a perfectionist. Like, well, you only get perfect at whatever, say, cooking, uh, but I don't know, making clothes or designing things by trial and error, by doing something, that's not right, let me tweak it, that's not right, let me tweak it, that's not right, let me tweak it. Right, now I feel that's perfect. Oh, actually, no, it's not, let me tweak it. And it's that constant repetition of learning what's wrong, adjusting, trying. That again, you know, it's like it's like dieting, like fat loss has its own set of rules that don't apply anywhere else. And people go, I'm a perfectionist, therefore I have to go straight and everything has to be perfect. That's not how it works. You don't learn a language perfectly and just like first lesson be fluent. You're gonna make mistakes, you know, you're gonna get words wrong, you're gonna say the wrong things. Of course, that's how you learn from these things. You know, driving is always a great example, isn't it? Cooking, 
another example, you're going to burn a few eggs. So that, that idea of I'm a perfectionist, yeah, but you get perfect by constantly trying, reviewing, adjusting. And that's what I wanted to touch on that, what you said about like learning from your history as well. Because you will get that, like people saying, I know I can lose fat faster or I've lost weight faster before. Well, again, learn from your mistakes. How did that work out for you? Because why are you here? If that was such a great system, you know, why did that work? I suppose, let's get on to, I suppose, the, one of the cons of, of fast or rapid fat loss, or a couple of cons, I suppose, is it's much harder. It's much more restrictive. It's much, um, well, yeah, it's, it's just, it's a tougher journey because you don't have as much freedom because you have to restrict more. So that's something that can cause people to break. You know, when people feel restricted and no doubt, you know, people listen to this will have been on those diets where you can't have this and you can't have meals out and you can't have takeaways and you can't drink alcohol and you can't have chocolate and you can't have this because you're trying to reduce your calories as much as possible to get these rapid results in this short amount, you know, short period of time. So that can be enough after, you know, four, three, four days, sometimes a week, two weeks, where people just go, this isn't realistic. I can't do this. But that's almost a journey you have to go on for that rapid fat loss. But then also on the flip side, then that can get a big buy-in from people as well. And that's why we're going to talk about there are pros and cons to both fast, whatever you deem as fast and slow, whatever you deem as slow. Fat loss, it's going to be totally down to the individual as to which where they choose to. Again, just before I move on, that's another... Again, it is where you're coming from as well, I think, is going to dictate that. If you have, I don't know what I just said then, if you have you know, sensible eating habits and coping mechanisms and you just want to get in shape for a holiday or a wedding or an event or something like that, then rapid fat loss can be great. But if you are coming off the back of 10, 15, 20 years of poor habits, poor relationship with food, um, you know, false belief in certain food choices – and you go on this large, kind of restrictive, very calorie-controlled 12-week journey to get rapid fat loss, are you going to be able to embed the habits that you need day-to-day? Are you going to be able to challenge those beliefs around food choices that you need to do for long-term success? From my point of view, it's going to be no. And that's, I suppose, kind of how sustained works on less of like, you know, if if we were all about rapid fat loss, it'd just be right. Everyone's in a massive calorie deficit. Everyone's doing 10,000 steps per day. Everyone's following our workout plans. Everyone's being really restrictive on a weekend. Everyone's getting great results. But are they getting long-term results? Probably not, unless they fall in that category of, yeah, I just need to tweak my diet a little bit, which wouldn't be very isn't many cheerful, people. Wouldn't be many cheerful people in the group if that was the case. No, there won't, because having, and you can back me up here, having been in a, a large calorie deficit for a long period of time, it sucks. It's not fun. The results are great. Don't get me wrong. But it's not a f- happy journey. It's not great going, I'm tired all the time. I'm cranky. I'm not sleeping great. Yeah, great, great fat loss. Not a fun journey. And is it you know inducive to creating great new habits or addressing old bad habits that cause you to get away? No because you're simply just doing maths every single day. And who wants to do that? <clears throat> Me. Never mind. <laughs> I, guess, I guess the thing is as well, it's just what kind of lifestyle does it lead to? For me and you, I know we've both done 
two diets like this, or you've done three, in fact, and then off the back of it, ended up looking relatively similar to not where we started. And ultimately, I think me, me and you have both gotten leaner over the time that we've done sustain. But you're not having fun doing it. You know, if you're not going out for meals, and you're not drinking and you're weighing all your food, you know, you might look good. But you can't really enjoy it that much. You know, and it's, that's great if you want to, you know, I think, I guess, I guess it, we're going to keep coming back to this with the fat loss, with the fast fat loss piece, is if you want to look good for wedding photos, then that is the time to do it. You know, if you have a date that is forever held in a photo that is going to last the test of time and you've got a month to do it, then yeah, don't take the sustainable approach. In that instance, I would not recommend you do because you're not going to have any noticeable difference in a month. That's probably the only example. And I don't get a lot of messages of people saying that. I get a lot more of people saying, I've been dieting forever and it's not worked and I've done all these different things and I want to change. And I want to give my kids a better relationship with food. I'm sick of thinking about food this way all the time and using food as my problems. If that's you, cool. And if that's, you know, if your wedding is in a month's time, then I'd recommend doing some of the things that James just said. There's always a time to place. There's a different tool for a different job. And it's just assessing what the right time to do it is. There's a guy called Dan John who, who writes some really good stuff. He's like a, he's a little bit younger than James. I think he's about 63. He's a bit of PT for 40 years. Uh, and he always talks about, you should go, you know, you can go on two diets a year that last from four to eight weeks. And the rest, anything beyond that is unsustainable. So if you look at dieting hard for more than a third of the year, it's probably just not going to last. And you'll just bust on it. That was just his, the numbers that he pulled out of the air. And we don't work that demographic to be able to tell you, you know, from our experience. But my experience would be people can diet hard for a lot less than that, is that people just fall out of it too quickly. And it's about being realistic with yourself. You know, someone put in the group the other week, I don't know if you remember this, they'd said, I'm still convinced I can do it on my own. This has been, and I've thought this for the last 30 years. And I just think, at what point are you going to change that? At what point are you going to, uh, you're going to listen to what you, and I think she was, you know, she was joking and had a laugh about it. But at what point are you going to go, that's definitely not working now. I'd have said 10 years was enough personally before I go. That's enough of this. Interestingly, on that thought was, I was talking to someone the other day about my first experience of counselling. I remember something happened in my life that meant there was like a, I would be triggered by certain things. I'm not going to give you, details of my innermost of my innermost sanctuary and I got to 18 months after this event and I thought that's enough now you can't deal with this on your own you've proven this 18 months is plenty of time so do something else and pay someone else your money it's the same with the chocolate piece because I got to you know what was it like two and a half years ago so I'd have been 28 and I thought you know you've done this job now you've been an online coach for three years you've been a PT for five years you've tried every single moderating tactic for chocolate this is not working. You need to do something new. And it's that point of when you switch gears. And if you've been constantly pushing that fast fat loss button, desperately hoping to, to look down and look really good and you're still looking the same, you're going to have to do something different. And you need to then accept that's how it is. This, is, this approach is not going to work for you and you need to do something different. And everyone takes you know, different cues and different stories or get people to that point. And you, know, you can't make someone get there, sadly hopefully you know the more you engage in this stuff and the more you try and the more you keep listening to the podcasts and reading and learning and hearing other people's stories you're more likely to get there and everyone just has that mo i was talking to someone the other day she made this awesome change and i said what was the difference i said what was it we did a call last week what was said in that call that made a difference and she basically said something like i realized it's because i'm not trying hard enough and i just thought what how can that be something so simple? 
And it was just the way that we'd gone about the questioning and we'd looked at the other qualities she has in her life and the things that she admires and what was different about emotional eating. Why was she struggling with that? And she was saying, because, you know, when the going gets tough, I don't grip my teeth and I do that with everything else in my life. And so it was nothing new and revolutionary. It was just to do with that sequencing of questions and that moment in time that meant that she was able to, to make that decision. And whether it lasts, you know, we don't know. But it was, very, it was a very interesting moment as a coach to see because something so obvious that everyone knows. But there was that moment in time where it kind of ticked. And that's kind of what I'm looking for as a coach is to get people off this, oh, I'm losing weight slowly. You know, this is really frustrating thought process to going, do you know what? I'm doing really well here. These are making some good changes because if you can look at these things positively, then you're more likely to keep doing them. And that's why we're so big on the daily positives and the affirmations and all of this stuff. It's so easy to look at your progress and go, not good enough. What's the point? Well, actually, if I just scroll back four emails, I know exactly what the point is. It's because you're not happy in your skin. You can't wear half your wardrobe. You don't like your reflection. You don't like getting changed in front of your partner. You don't like being in photos. Well, there's some really powerful stuff there. And if you flip all that in reverse, it then goes, I feel great in front of my partner. I can wear all my clothes. I can play with my kids. I'm happy being in photos some really powerful stuff there that really matters and that's what we need to anchor into in order to get people happy ultimately and, and content with their progress because it's you're probably just not going to get those things with any other approach i talked for like 20 minutes there i feel like i've probably got on there 23 um but i feel on the, on the on the flip side that is one of the pros of that fast fat loss is you get a quick win you get a quick buy-in you know, it's not that, like you said, you know, if you've got people who've got three, four, five, six stone to lose and they're losing, you know, four, five, six pounds per month, that can be a very daunting mission, you know. And again, you get that from people sometimes. It's like, I'm not making progress fast enough, which is ironic in itself. I'm not making progress fast enough. Not like I'm not making any progress or I'm regressing. I'm not making progress fast enough. So what's the point? Like, just keep going for a year. There you go. That's your point. You know, keep moving away. And, you know, we talk about measuring backwards quite a bit, looking at how far you've come. Just one of my elite calls, speaking to uh, my client about that. So that rapid fat loss can get that quick buy-in. I believe, you know, that's the thought behind when they, you know, sensationalize that kind of NHS 800-calorie shake diet for a bit. You know, and everyone's like, oh, this is a really bad idea. Like, well, I can see where they're coming from because these people have, you know, they, they're, you know, Morbidly obese, and sneezing, put me off. Uh, kind of morbidly obese, and they've got these. Apologising, got these these issues, and they've got this huge amount of weight to lose. And if you're like, right, you're going to lose one pound per week, you know, we're going to do this steady, you know, stay weight loss. And they're just like, I'm going to have to do this diet for ten years to get to where I want to get to. Whereas, you know, if you go right. You're going to go on 800 calories. They're going to shed a ton of weight and they're going to get that quick buying. Like, I can do this. I'm a stone down already. I'm two stone down, a three stone down, a four stone down. So I can see that as being a con. You know, if you find it very negative, this mindset, this idea of slow weight loss, slow fat loss. Sorry, sorry Magnus knocking on the door. Um, you can get that quick buying by that rapid fat loss. But again, you've got to weigh up these pros and cons. Yeah, you've half um, answered Christine's question. I saw it earlier. Is it relative to the amount of weight you need to lose? Absolutely. And I think that, let's be honest here, me and you aren't 
haven't got PhDs, we aren't running labs. You know, there has to be a good degree of knowledge and thought and experience that's gone into this process with people who, when they have a lot to lose, of not having an immediately sustainable approach. Is that, like you say, that unsustainable approach that gets a massive buy-in that then is transitioned to a sustainable approach? Yeah, absolutely. We just have a different model. That would be all, I think, that because we deal with a wide range of people from people who've got two pounds you know i've helped a client recently go from eight stone 12 to eight stone eight she was really happy with her results because of the change in mindset is that in that instance it's not relevant and actually you know there's been nothing that i've seen that would prove me wrong you know that would say actually you should start off with a stricter approach initially but if you've got people who have a lot to lose and you know you are have got phd students and doctors running this and you've got a lab and you know these clinical availabilities They've got more experience than we do. And so there has to be a good reason behind it. You know, they must have tried other things first. I don't know the, the history of that approach. But yeah, absolutely, that you can go in with, with different approaches. And by all means, try these things. I think sometimes with sustain, people can say, you know, we've both had this a few times where people say, well, this has changed, so I'm just not going to do the coaching anymore. Like, this is your plan. You can do whatever you want. If you want to do fasting, keto, vegan, bodybuilding, powerlifting, whatever it is, then we will advise all together. Yeah. At, at once, you know, and endurance running. If you want to do all of those things, then we will advise you to the best of our abilities off the back of that and using the knowledge that we have, you know, and ultimately you're in control of your own diet. So if you want to say, I'd like to do a bit more to lose a bit more weight, then we can advise you on how to do that. It's just like James says, you might not then like that because we're not going to say, what you need to do is you need to move your calories up and do a bit less exercise because that will get you more results. It's always going to be harder. And these things, you know, the, the 10x rule, things take 10 times long. The things that are important to us take 10 times longer and 10 times more effort than we think they will initially. And it's so true. So I think if you look at it like, yeah, like running a 10K, say, you know, you could walk at a 10K, but you're still going to do 10K. It's going to be pretty easy. Or it's going to be very, very easy. And almost... Not a pleasant journey. You can take in the surroundings. You can stop. You can have a little drink. You can sit down. You can have a rest. You can have a natter. Or you can try and run that 10K as fast as you possibly can. That's going to be much more, not unpleasant, unpleasant if you don't like running, but it's going to be much harder. And that's the idea of fat loss. You'll get there much quicker, but it's going to be a whole lot harder. And I think you've got to look at that kind of, what do you want from this weight loss? Do you just want to lose the weight? And that's it. Like I said, if you're going on lower calories and restrictive diet are you going to be embedding these habits and these beliefs and these changes and choices that you need to for long-term results and i think that's where we approach the fat loss you know that's why we're not so much like, obviously we get a ton of fat loss people lose a ton of weight but they lose it by changing these certain things it's not by going on a massively restrictive diet you know all our clients eat foods that are high in calories at some point obviously not the majority of the foods but like you know as we've mentioned previously it's like we're looking at changing people's mindsets around the food choices their behaviors their habits their kind of go-tos i'm stressed therefore i need to do this i'm tired therefore i need to do this once you start changing those then obviously you reduce remove a ton of calories from someone's diet and that's how they get results and that's kind of the way I see sustain is like we nudge people along to be making better choices long term. That does result in them dropping a ton of weight. 
but it's not necessarily rapid. So it's what do you want to get out of your, I suppose, dieting plan? Do you just want rapid fat loss? But then what's the aftercare? What do you do after that? You know, odds are, again, people listening to this will have done Slim Fast, um, Herbal Life, Juice Plus, um, you know, whatever, shake diets, military diets, all, all this stuff that's just massive restriction, rapid fat loss, then what? Then you go back to eating normally with your old habits, your old beliefs, your old choices, your coping mechanisms. So for us, that the, if you're looking for more long-term results, those are the things that need to be The things that cause you to gain weight in the first place wasn't by accidentally over-consuming two or 300 calories per day. You know, people tell me how many calories. Well, I can tell you how many calories you need to reduce fat loss, but we need to work on all this other stuff that's caused you to make the choices that have caused you to gain weight. So it's, you know, that, that fast versus slow. If we go a bit slower, we can concentrate on all the things or your obstacles overcoming the usual stumbling blocks that you've got. Whereas if it's the rapid fat loss, we don't have a chance to really experience those things. You won't be going out for meals. You know, or you'd be very restricted. You know, you won't be necessarily going for drinks with your friends. You won't be doing these things because we're concentrating on, boom, getting this fat loss off. Yeah, it's not coaching, is it? I would question how much coaching that is. And I was thinking earlier about this with regards to almost bodybuilding coaching, which is stuff that me and you have done. You know, the goal is just to get as lean as possible. And the question is always, what gets the best result? So it's, should I have a, could I have a milkshake? No, won't get the best result. Can I go for a meal out and have pasta? No, it won't get the best result. And that isn't coaching. It's just dictating to people. That's just saying, this will get you the best result. And what we're all about is saying to people, well, you know, putting that question back, what do you think? In this instance, what is the right call for you? Because then you're learning those skills longer term. To go back to one of my favorite things, well, when people say, can you send me some meal ideas? Like I can, and here's a few things that I eat. I'd much rather you went and found your own things. I'd much rather you worked on these skills so that you don't need me. If you're relying on me for meal ideas, then you're not going to be able to challenge your own mindsets longer term. You're always going to be like, shall I eat this? Shall I, shall I not have this? Well, I'm stressed out, so I need food. That's a really hard question to, to work around. Whereas finding meals, you know, is one of the easiest ones you can have. And it's about upskilling people. So making sure they're taking responsibility for their own progress, ultimately. And I think, you know, that without that, without that emphasis being back on the individual and the coaching, you're unlikely to change. I, we worked with a guy once, I don't know if you remember him, James, and he was actually a transformation for a very famous gym. And he looked exactly like the start picture. And I said to him, you know, how do you feel about that? And he said, well, you know, that was just a treat. Almost like it was a, a holiday destination of like, oh, I went there once and it was really nice, but I never go back there again. And which I just thought was quite an interesting way to look at it because I know that the plan he was on probably cost thousands of pounds and a bit like the wedding pictures. He looked brilliant. He looked absolutely awesome. I might try to find his pictures, actually, to send to you, James. But you just thought, why? It's just the complete opposite of what we do, isn't it, in regards to help trying to help changes that, that last that are longer term. 100%. <laughs> go, back, go back to that, that bodybuilding thing that you said. That that's, and I followed a couple of those kind of like plans, and it's just like, did you stick to the calories that were set? Yes or no? Yes. Good. No. Why? You know, well, stick to them. And that's yeah, it. Whereas, not even why not, is it? It's not asking yeah. why. It's saying. No, no, I, I stumbled then because I nearly fall into my category there. Like, you just like, stick to them then. Cool. Cheers. Thanks. You know, there's no like, okay, you know, whereas where, like, did you stick to what you what you set? You know, you said you're going to go out and you said you're going to have a pizza, but no starter, and you're going to have one glass of wine and no dessert. 
but you had a starter, a pizza, a dessert, and a bottle of wine. Sounds like me. <laughs> yeah, you know. Why, why, why do you feel you did that? You know, like, what, what are we going to do different next time? You know, are you comfortable with those choices? That's how you learn. It's not just like, well, next time, just have that pizza. Like, oh. I'm not learning anything from that. I, I, wanna, I need to figure out why I didn't do what I said I wanted to do or why I wanted, you know, why I regret these choices. And that's, again, that's not going to happen necessarily with rapid fat loss. Again, you get a quick buy-in and you get a great result, but what's the aftercare? What's, what have you learned from that other than I need to eat this many calories to lose weight? It was a very good question from, I was talking with Joe Robinson, who is not me, not my doctor. <laughs> not you. Not one, you. Of the, one of the coaches uh, who's working with us now. And she was saying one thing that she often asks is, what can you learn from this? And I thought that was brilliant in regards to any mistake you make, anything that goes well, any time that you need to take yourself out of a situation. I actually asked it to myself the other day. I did a video on this the other day. I was had a bit of a minor wobbler on Sunday morning because you know I couldn't find my water bottle and other serious life issues. And I just said to myself, you know, what can you learn from this? And it helps you take yourself out of your mind, you know, rather than getting caught up in the details of what's going on and look at what's going on. And in that instance, what can I learn from this was I just needed to grow up a bit. I needed to, to be more realistic and to be patient. And I think whether you're doing fast fat loss or slow fat loss, whatever thoughts you're having about it, this isn't good enough. It's really hard. What can I learn from this? And then ultimately it will come down to is it worth it or not? And then you can find the best course of action. And that will constantly adjust depending on what's going on. But the more level we can keep that playing field, the more content we can keep you, the more you can enjoy that process, the more likely you are it's going to keep going. Because if every day you wake up thinking, I can't do this, it's too hard, I just really want to eat this, you're going to, you know, struggle town is not going to be far away. In fact, it already sounds like you're there, but you're just not going to get where you want to be. And I think that we're super proud and set with our ethics and our ethos around that and that's the angle that we we want to push and i think just to go back to that point about kind of the rapid fat loss at first is i totally trust in other people who have, have got more knowledge than me but i feel much more confident and comfortable saying to someone who's got 10 stone to lose i would personally prefer to take it slowly and to work on the mindsets that are going on behind this piece you know and maybe one day i'll change on that but for now that's kind of where where I think we're both at and we'll, we'll be for a while. Yeah, I think a, a prime example would be the old school Biggest Loser program, you know, where they take people who are seriously overweight, stick them in a completely unrealistic environment. Here's your food. Here's, you know, eight hours of exercise a day or whatever it is. You throw them back and they lose like ridiculous amounts of weight, like absolutely obscene, like 10 pounds a week or whatever it is, like ridiculous, crazy weights. And then they're thrown back into the home environment. They've not changed anything. They've been stuck in this false limit, you know, false environment where it's like, you don't have to go to work. You don't have the stress of your family. You don't have, you know, anything else that's going on. You don't have to walk past the bloody donut shop. You don't have to, you know, stand in line and get your coffee with all these muffins and stuff like that. You don't have any of these external pressures. And they've regained all the weight because they've not learned these skills. Whereas if, you know, you look at, say, you know, something else where you took them and you trained them in their home environment where they didn't have eight hours per day to, to train, where they had to face up all these things and they lost weight in a slow way. But whilst learning these new habits, these new behaviors, I imagine they have much more long-term success. Well, I'm not imagine. I know I'm sure they have much 
more long-term success than they have done. So I think, you know, again, pros and cons, you know, fast fat loss, rapid buying as a pro. Cons, it's much more restrictive. It's much harder to, to stick to. You know, is that going to cause you to quit? You need to ask yourself, if you can't do this and you can't do that, and you've got to hit these numbers and you've got to do this amount of training. And I don't think you have the opportunity to learn because, again, it's like a false environment. Whereas, you know, the, the, the pros of slower fat loss, or let's say fat loss, let's not call it slow because it sounds kind of negative, is you have the opportunity to live in a real-world situation of having these temptations and changing your, your mindsets, your beliefs, um, your choices, your coping mechanisms. You have that to apply there, which is going to result in, for me, longer-term fat loss because if you stop change your coping mechanisms and you change your habits and you change your behaviors long term then all those things that have caused you to gain weight or prevented you from losing weight don't exist anymore and i think the only con there for me is well i suppose two cons takes longer time to get to your goal you know your goal weight loss or your goal body shape let's say and the other con is people can get frustrated by what they deem a slow weight loss even though they've got nothing to compare it to and that's something that you can certainly control, isn't it? You talk about coping mechanisms and skills. That is one of those things that we would try to teach the clients as well. Joanna uh, made an interesting comment a couple of minutes ago. This is the change of mindset that I've had this time. I have a lot to lose, but this is the first time I felt I can do it. I'm living my life in an enjoyable way, but still losing fat. Love it. Nice comment that matched what we said. So thank you very much for that, Joanna. And just to pick up the question from Christine, if you lose a pound a week, how do you know you're losing fat and not just water fluctuations? You don't immediately, but this is where focusing on the process is more important in the fact that, and taking a step back from this, you know, if someone loses a pound a week for eight weeks, then they gain a pound the next week. Do you view that as success or failure? I would have clients who would view that as failure until you say to them, you've lost seven pound in eight weeks, wind your neck in. And they go, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. I would actually say to them, what would you say to a friend of yours who's lost seven pounds in eight weeks? It's one of my favorite coaching tactics to get people to take a step back and to assess their results properly. Because very often you see people go, I've lost three pounds this week, but it's all water. I've never had anyone say, I've gained three pounds this week. It's all water. Normally people are going, I won't say the word I'm thinking, going slightly, slightly mad about it. And it's just taking that step back, asking, you know, what's the most realistic situation here? What would I say to a friend? And think that, you know, you don't always know. And that's why fat loss can be so frustrating and why we always push people to be as positive as possible. It's not in this false belief that, you know, you should be happy all the time, but it's that actually you need to work on being positive often and to reinforce those habits. Human beings follow habits because of a perceived benefit to them, even if they're destructive, even with binge eating or smoking or you know, gambling, whatever it may be. We do them because we think they'll benefit us. So if we keep looking at every time we don't eat fish and chips as this massive assault on our senses, then you're going to be eating more fish and chips. Because if you focus on why those things matter and how they can benefit you and try to find a positive spin, then you're more likely to keep doing them. You know, it's not just because me and James want to read happy, smiley messages. It's because it helps the process. And again, just, just to look at that, you've got to look at the trend. You know, what is your way at the start of the month? What is it at the end of the month? Now, if you're consistently dropping, a pound or half a pound or whatever, it's not going to be water weight. You're not going to lose four pounds of water, you know, or lose a pound of water each week. Yes, there'll be times where you are a little bit dehydrated or, you know, your food choices have caused your weight to spike. 
but look at it, uh, uh, take a step back, don't look at it. You know, again, I encourage people to weigh frequently because it's more data for us to plot on that graph where we can see what the trend is. And it takes the emotion out. If you see, right, I've gained a pound, I've lost a pound, I've gained two pounds, I've lost two pounds, you can see, all right, this is not a massively reliable you know, system. It's not a massive reliable scale um, because, and again, you, you just got to think about it logically. I'll just go off on one just for 30 seconds. If I weigh myself and I weigh 100 kilos and I eat a 500-gram steak, logic tells you that I'm going to weigh 100 kilos, well, 100.5 kilos. There you go, quick maths. So you're going to say 105. 100.5 kilos <laughs> because I've got a 500-gram steak digested in my stomach. So when you wake up in the morning, just logically think, I'm probably going to have a bit of wee-wee and a bit of food still in my digestive system. That could possibly be why I'm, you know, not to mention sleep, hormones, inflammation, training, you know, acute reactions to certain food choices, sodium content, all these things, you know, you can't just expect it to be, again, like people eat a 500 gram steak and expect that it just sometimes evaporates whilst you're chewing. Like it's just, you know, again, it's very easy to say, be logical, not emotional as you can. Again, very easy to say, not so easy to apply, but take it as a piece of data and, and plot that. And, and then see what that trend is going on. That's it for my little scale run. I usually save that for a Monday. Very good. Good? Happy. Perfect. Right, guys, thank you as always for joining. If you have any questions, feel free to get in touch. We're good like that. Cool. All good? Cheers, guys. See you soon. Bye-bye.